Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Donovan can't get to it. Now he pops out. Catch and shoot three. Good! 104-103. And the Jazz foul Jeremy Grant on the inbound. And the Jazz are guaranteed to have a chance to tie or win. 105-103. Donovan waits to touch the ball. He does. Across half court with five. Guarded by Craig. Comes off a Gobert pick. Slides by Jokic. Lays it up and in with .9 seconds to play. We're tied at 105. 13 on the shot clock. Back over to Jamal Murray from Jokic. Now 10. Murray. Head fake on the jumper. Throws it off to Grant. That's a call from the Jazz Nuggets game, the double overtime game. It was exciting. It was interesting. I don't know that we're going to, I would expect that we're not going to hear anything close to that much passion during this game today because those two teams are going to meet again in the playoffs. They're locked into the third and sixth spots now. And PK just got to play the young guys and get through this one and get onto the playoffs because now we know it's Jazz and Nuggets. Right on. Let's go. Game tips off at 4.30, pregame at 3.30. The Spurs are tied for ninth, half a game behind the Blazers. They've still got a path. Not much of a path, but they got a path to a playoff spot. So there could be some some energy and some passion from those guys. But for the Jazz, they're six. They're waiting for the Nuggets now. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. You know, it's funny, but like, I didn't mention that we secured the two seed. I don't think any of my locker room talked about it. We really don't care. We, we want to win it all. And we're, we we got to improve as a team. We know that. We have work to do. But we're going to the playoffs uh, with that mindset. And that's the only thing that matters right now for us. That's Doc Rivers. Not even telling the team they're the two seed in the bubble A lot of those things melt away. Playing for the championship, a lot of those things have already melted away. But I don't think they really cared whether they played the Mavericks or the Jazz in the first round. And whether they're two or three, they're going to play the Nuggets in the second round. And there's no home court to be had. So no wonder he didn't mention it, PK. Well, if you're a true contender for the ship, you don't even really care about home court either. So there it is. They got Kawhi Leonard. He's got two championships under his belt, chasing the third. He and Paul George both played. And uh, Jogic played, but he didn't He didn't play 30 minutes in this game. So I think the Nuggets were kind of in the same situation. Yeah, I mean, like to win because winning's better than losing. But if you really want to win, you play Jogic 35 minutes. And they didn't do that. Well, they haven't been doing that. They didn't yeah. do it in a previous game, too. These are two teams that I think uh, definitely are contenders to win it all I mean, the, the Nuggets are still down two starters and they were talking about on the broadcast that uh, Barton and, and Harris don't know that they're going to have them uh, well it remains to be seen but with the guys they have they're still pretty good and then I think the Clippers I think Paul George is in a great situation because to me he's like a better Gordon Hayward to where he's a really good player but if he's your number one, you're not good enough. 
but you put him with a, a player who is a number one, who is good enough, and that accentuates his ability as a number two because you look at the teams he's played with. When he's at the Indiana, he was pretty much the number one, not good enough. Then he goes to Oklahoma City. Well, he's number two behind Westbrook, but I don't know that Westbrook is good enough. Well, Kawhi Leonard as a one is good enough. And then you slot Paul George in as a number two, and he's really good at that spot. So they've got two top-end guys. Plus, they got so many other guys that are likely better than your number three, number four, number five, number six. You know, they're not playing with uh, Harold there and right, probably yeah. going to win the six-player or six-man of the year award. And he's been had a grandparent deceased, so he's been uh, busy with all that stuff. But he's back now, and he's going to play when the postseason comes. So when you get to – certainly when you get from four through eight, I think the Clippers have the best team from from four through eight. And a lot of times you need the top guys to carry you, but if you go from four through eight, I'm, I'm confident in saying nobody is better than the Clippers when you extend out. And even beyond that, their rotation is, is they got a lot of quality players that Doc Rivers can tap into. And if you have two or three of them play well, combined with your top end guys, you've got a really good team. You know, you just wonder uh, with LeBron, and he's awesome, so you don't want to take anything away from him, but he's just going to have to carry the load if, if, it is, if there's a Laker Clipper series. He's going to have to carry the load quarter after quarter, possession after possession. And all these guys four through eight you talk about who can help the Clippers. You know, the pressure, pressure will be on Kawhi Leonard in the fourth quarter, you know, and big possessions at the end of the game. But, you know, Zubak's not exactly a big name, but 15 points and 12 boards in 21 minutes, I mean, he'll do a lot of work for you. And it won't be the biggest minutes at the end of the game, but it makes it pretty easy for Kawhi to get through the game. Sure. Whereas LeBron, it's just going to be on all the time, you know. That's why he's talking about, can we at least get a third guy? Because, uh, you know, he didn't have somebody like Zubak and, and Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly's been out, so... It'd be interesting to see if the if the Clippers and Nuggets who are both missing a couple guys. Now the Clippers, I think, are missing guys who are more role guys on a team with a lot of role guys, and the Nuggets, you know, need those two starters back. I would think if they're going to beat the Clippers. But that's still uh, that series is still a couple weeks away if it's going to happen, and we'll see what the uh, the Jazz and the Mavericks have to say about that. Uh, elsewhere in the NBA, the Pacers beat the Rockets 108-104. Westbrook is out. Uh, Harden went off, 45 points, 17 rebounds, 9 assists. Just a massive game. But again, when you start, start talking about the supporting cast, guys 4 through 8, how many guys do Houston have? And when you don't have Westbrook, everyone's got to pick up a little more responsibility along the way, too. Westbrook's still waiting on that strained muscle in his right quad. Uh, the only playoff slot that's not locked up in the West now, one through seven are all set, uh, but the eighth seed still up for grabs with Portland a half game up on three teams and then an 8-9 series to come once they sort out who 8-9 and are. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. Our stadium also has quite a naturally built airflow that can be very positive relative to protecting and be safe for our fans. Uh, now that's not all of it, but when we uh, finish showing our fans what and how and what we can do to make it safe to come to the ball games, I'm really proud that we've got that stadium to work with. 
That's Jerry Jones, clearly planning on a Cowboy fans being in AT&T Stadium. I think all the pro clubs are, you know, how far do you space people out to keep people off the aisles, offset them in rows? How many people can they get in there? Uh, yeah, all these budgets are built on selling a lot of really expensive tickets, PK. We'll get to that here in college football with the Utes in a second. But that is a... Uh, a big part of the equation. So sounds like Jerry Jones is planning on having some fans in. He's got a huge stadium. Well, in order for it to happen, it remains to see whether it can be happened. But for an order for order it for order of it to happen, you have to plan for it. Yeah. So I don't have any problem with this because if it's going to happen, you have to have a plan for it. Right. So if you're planning for it and somebody brings it up and you're talking about it, Hey, this is what we're working toward, whether it, rem- it remains to be seen, whether it can be done. But certainly now, since we're, uh, well, we're right about a month away, I'm not sure what this uh, Cowboys schedule is as far as home games. They'll probably have one in the first couple weeks at least. So you got to have some type of plan uh, to, to, to do it. Until an NFL guy told me, geez, probably in June, that he thought there was going to be ten to 12,000 people in their particular stadium. And... That's better than zero to zero. So if you can get it, you got to have a plan for it, right? So it makes sense to go ahead and plan for it, and then when you get to that point, and see what happens. Yeah, the airflow and all that, and whether you sit in other people's breath and all that matters a lot. So in a dome stadium, if you can turn the air over, whether the air turns over every 10 minutes, 20 minutes, or 60 minutes, people way smarter than me say that's really important. So clearly they're drilling down into that. They do open on the road. Uh, Their scheduled opener is the September 13th at the Rams. But week two, they got the Falcons coming in. So a little little more than a month month away. Yeah. It's a... Today's the 13th. Today's the 13th. So it's a month to the opener and a month and a week to the home opener. Yeah. Legendary NFL offensive line coach Howard Mudd passed away yesterday at the age of 78. Spent two weeks in an ICU in Seattle after a motorcycle injury on July 29th. Played for the Niners and then had a long career that spanned 47 years in the league. One of those guys you'd hear people talk about on broadcast, a familiar name, but... Hans Olsen played for him. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I think we're very well prepared to deal with those things. And uh, so I I feel good about the decision going forward. I believe our our board feels good about it. And um, and I think uh, most importantly, uh, we uh, we have some clarity uh, for our uh, our coaches and our student athletes, and there's a difference between clarity and certainty. I don't, I don't think we have certainty in this environment, but we we have uh, been able to get some clarity. Bob Bowlesby, Big Twelve Commission. They put out a schedule yesterday, PK, which is an encouraging sign. Except we've seen other teams put out or other conferences put out schedules and. And a week or two later, shut everything down. So, And he did leave the door open there. Clarity, but not certainty. But they're still going forward. So another day, another week. We'll just wait and see as they uh, inch closer to their opener. And their schedule, we put up the conference schedule. Some non-conference games are set, but others are not. So as far as how this impacts BYU, still to be determined. Good. I like to hear from Bobby B. Talk to me, Bobby B. <laughs> Talk to me, Bobby B. 
Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney says he doesn't believe a national championship won this season without the Big Ten or the Pac-12 participating would diminish the accomplishment. Four best teams can go play. We've been one of those four for five years in a row. So in my opinion, it doesn't change anything for us. Right now, Ohio State. Pac-12 hasn't been getting teams in, so I think uh, I think he's got a lot of people with him when he writes off that. But I think he's going to get he's going to get some pushback from the state of Ohio. Oh yeah, you're lucky you won well, it all. Let, let him lucky push back right there. Yeah, I know, right? And they've been in five years in a row. That's amazing. I know uh, what they've built because it's that type of consistency is you're turning over guys. You know, it's not just one class when you go five years in college, particularly with guys leaving early after the third year to go to the NFL. Uh, that's very, very impressive what uh, what they have going on and their program. And, yeah, of course he's going to say that. Right. Uh, if, if we get to that point, that would be awesome and bring on the discussion that you are not legitimate. I hope we get to that point because what does that mean, obviously? That means that they were playing <laughs> football for three months or yes. into the fourth month. Right. So that's the least of my worries on all this stuff is whoever is in there, if there is there to be in, that they have those four teams and they're arguing, well, Ohio State or whomever, you know, pick your favorite uh, Big 12 or Big 10 team and and Oregon, SC, whoever you want. Fine. Great. I, I welcome that controversy. How has Clemson done it? It's not the strongest league. That's obvious. Now, they aren't very far from Florida, right? And Georgia's a pretty good recruiting state, and Georgia's right next door, and you go through Georgia and hit Florida. So, and they get to play, you know, the ACC, obviously, you know, Miami and Florida State. So they get to play in Florida. They're not that far away. There's a lot of athletes there. But Clemson, I mean, they had a big year two or three years before BYU had their undefeated season. I think it was 81, but maybe I'm off by a year. Uh, but they haven't really done anything. And now to get to this point, is it just hiring the right guy? I mean, they've got Power 5 money, so there's that. But for all the Power 5 schools trying to compare themselves... It's all about the slide in the facility. Yeah, they got a slide. Oh. Well, why <laughs> didn't the youths think of that? Oh, that's a nice facility. I mean, but you got to blame it on the uh, architect. You didn't put in coaches. a slide. Coaches aren't architects. I think the point being with the slide is they invested a ton of money. And it's simple. It's hard to do, but you understand. They've got top-notch that stuff. They pay their coaches big time, and then they recruit the best players. There you go. And then you get out there, and you a lot of these games, you know, when they played Ohio State last year or down there in the Phoenix area, that game could have gone either way, and they made some plays and it went their way. And then they got beat in the final because LSU was better. LSU was prolific last season, so... Uh, but them being in the mix, uh, I, I, if you're going to claim Xander Shoffley, I'm going to claim Clemson. Yeah, because? Because you always tell us, well, San Diego State for, so what? Yeah. Yeah. Were you and John Boy and Dad and Mom, you were going to <laughs> golf tournaments? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I'll give you football because you and John Boy and the whole family yeah. held hands and football. sat there in the stadium. Thank you, you didn't do golf. So if you're going to claim Xander, then I'm going to claim te- Clemson. I'm a huge Clemson fan. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. NCRD back looking up. That ball is gone. Downtown goes Frazier. Clint Frazier. 
trying to make a name for himself and a place in the lineup, bangs one into the visitors' bullpen in left center field. And the Yankees, like that, have tied the game at two. And the Yankees go on to beat the Atlanta Braves 6-3. Frazier had that homer. He had three hits. That is his debut this year. And so they lose Stanton. They get Frazier. The Yankees have that much talent. It just doesn't matter. They're 12-6. and six. Man, you win two-thirds of your game in baseball. That's like a 108-win pace. I realize it would be like 40 wins this year. But getting, getting to 40 wins, that would be... That would be a big number in this shortened season. And just, ah, we lost a guy. We got a guy back. We just keep plugging people in. We're the Yankees. We're loaded with talent. Okay. There's already talk that they should trade him to get more pitching. Toronto, 18 hits, 7 home runs. They score 11 runs, and they still lose. That's Buffalo, buddy. Marlins. I just can't get used to that. Buffalo Blue Jays. Is that a hitter's park? (laughs) <laughs> what do I they played two it was games yesterday? There. It was yesterday. Marlins beat the Blue Jays 14 to 11. Diamondbacks beat the Rockies 13 to 7. That doesn't seem like much anything if you've just watched 14 to 11, but 13 to 7, that's a that's a boatload of hitting there. Uh Star Starling Marte drives in four runs and homers. He's the star of that one. Yeah, well that's Colorado for you. <laughs> you just just write it off. Hitters Park, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I mean, in Colorado, you know, you got to go prove it someplace else. It's like uh, Colorado is like the Mountain West or the whack of football. You know, well, you did it there, but can you do it in, in the big boy conferences? You know what I mean? And we've, we've heard that when those teams are really good. Can you do it in the, in the other conferences? Well, you did it in Colorado, but can you do it? If you, you know, always what's the road home splits for the Rocky players? And then if they go someplace else, like DJ LeMayu was their second baseman for a number of years. And then he goes to the Yankees right now. Well, he's hitting over 400. All right. So he proved he could, DJ LeMayu proved he could hit in the power five. <laughs> the funny thing is, in a game that had 20 runs, in a game that had 34 hits, Blackman didn't have any of them. So his 500 batting average is down to a, a measly 472. Yeah, his 15 game hitting streak was over. Yeah, over four with a walk. So, uh, there's a story out this morning. And I don't know if you read it yet, PK. Uh, it's only been out, I don't know, maybe two hours now. But Joe uh, Kelly? Yeah, Joe Kelly uh, going off on a podcast, going right off on how he does not respect the uh, Houston Astros because the players got immunity and then the players ratted out the coaches and the GM. They took the hit. They lost their jobs. He says, yeah, they, they cheated. So that that's over there. We know that now. They cheated. But they doubled down, in his words, they bleeped up a second time by taking none of the consequences themselves, but talking enough to make sure that those guys over there took all the consequences. Well, yeah, that's because he was close to uh, Alex Cora. Cora. And that was the manager of Boston when he was the bench coach over in Houston. And so he was essentially sticking up for Cora. And then he followed it up with Beltran and also Hinch, the guys who lost their jobs. Beltran would have been the manager of the Mets. And obviously Hinch was the manager of the Astros. And those those guys did lose work. There's no question. So he basically called them the players ratting out others to save your own behind. And that really got under his skin. And he was strong. Uh, I read the whole thing this morning. Yeah. He went after Dusty Baker in it, too. 
Justin saying, Baker. I yeah, I was he, swearing. He was swearing at me. He got nothing. I'm swearing. I got eight months. He's, oh, or eight, eight games. Eight months. Get, get your skinny ants ass on the mound. Yeah. I, I thought that was that was a little the skinny. least of it. The least of all the points that needed to be made there. Right. Right. If, if that's all that Dusty Baker said. <laughs> Considering all the things that get said on the baseball diamond. Yeah, that that just didn't seem that outrageous uh, to me. So I don't really have any problem with what Dusty Baker did. Dusty Baker, in my mind, is a statesman in the game. And the manager has to stick up for his players. I mean, that's part of it. If you want any respect from your guys, you've got to do that, you know. We saw Jerry Sloan sticking up for his guys for 22 years. He would literally want to fight dudes. So that wasn't that big of a deal. It's funny, yesterday, uh, Houston and San Francisco were on the, the, on the television, uh, Fox, one of the stations, I can't even remember. But Zach Greinke, who's an odd duck anyway, you could hear him. There's one pitch, come on, man, wake up. He's just <laughs> the umpire, and it looked like it was right there. And then, too, he, was, he, he said to the catcher, uh, we'll use the second sign after one. Yeah. He was saying it. <laughs> he told them straight up. They cut it on the mics. And yeah, he says, we'll go back to our it. original stuff. He throws the pitch, pops him up. <laughs> <laughs> so you need somebody on base uh, to, to know what those signals would be. But, yeah, he was just saying it. And, and it was funny because you're picking up stuff now that in some ways makes the broadcast more entertaining with zero fans. I did not see that. I turned on the Dodger Padre game. It was on the MLB network, and I turned it on, and I got to it late. I had been outdoors and all that, and I was in with the sun going down, and of course it's on the West Coast, so the game's still going. That was bad timing. You know how they always talk about lefties can drop the barrel of the bat and they golf it out of the park, and, and righties just don't do that? I mean, it looked different, but, man, Justin Turner, that was a ball. That... That ball was way down out of the strike zone, and he went down and got it. And granted, it didn't look as graceful as the lefty turning and golfing it out, but uh, he still crushed that homer, three-run shot and a four-run eighth. And that was the end of that. Six nothing. That was all she wrote. Yeah, six nothing. Dodgers. And won. I went to bed. And you would. <laughs> that was it. And we're done here. Uh, the Cubs. We should mention the Cubs have matched their best 15-game start to a season in 50 years. Expectations got to be up. They got a World Series, and then it was a bunch of stumbling around, but it looks like they got a team again, PK. 12-3. and three. David Ross, man, rookie manager. All right, what is trending? It's brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Riley Jensen, our college football insider, joins us at 8 o'clock. I got a couple questions for him about high school football and how far this season is going to go in his opinion. Uh, already had a game on the opening weekend. Pretty high-profile game, suspended, and or postponed and suspended. Weber-Bingham. Yeah. Three players testing positive. We'll talk with Riley. We'll talk football with him. Craig Bowlerjack is here with the Jazz playing their final regular season game, their final seeding game today. Uh, Bowler will be here at 8.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.